What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Kanye. He stole the election from Kanye. I really hope that someone funnier than Kanye runs for president in 2024. Yeah, it's an old meme. It's an old meme because Kanye's been wanting to run for president for a long time, but I want someone just completely out of left field, like John Travolta, to, <laughs> to run for president. Like, well, we need... I mean, please. that was Bloomberg. Bloomberg was random running Bl- for president. But Bloomberg, he has his own news thing. He's got yeah. a building, you know? I, what is the... I mean... I want someone I, with way less of a net worth to run for president and actually do it. I want the someone idea worth someone, in the seven figures to win for president. The idea that someone who owns a news organization would then run for office is baffling to me. Like, how yeah. can we be like, oh yeah, the fourth estate, let's just give this guy the first estate too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, It'd be like a priest having a very powerful and influential media empire be a, become an auxiliary bishop over Los Angeles. That sounds normal to me. I don't know. Oh, okay, never Welcome to The Crunch, the only podcast that protests the throwaway culture by just hoarding mountains of trash in its backyard. It's your boy, <laughs> Ethan. And I'm Patrick. And man, you have a big backyard. It's a huge backyard. I don't throw away anything because Pope Francis said not to. And, and I'm so, nothing if not obedient to my bishop and, and my papa. And certainly I'm not going to stop buying things. So <laughs> <laughs> this, the solution is simple. <laughs> the solution is simple. Keep everything in my backyard. Keep everything oh my in my gosh. backyard. There are some people in my neighborhood that that seems to be their uh, modus operandi. <laughs> they just leave garbage uh, in their backyard. Just, they just have garbage in their backyard. But it's not. It's not like smelly food garbage. It's just mm-hmm. like, do you? Ha- why do you have three Barker loungers just sitting in your yard? <laughs> oh, it's like couches in the yard. Like we'll couch furniture, chairs, children's toys everything yeah that, and that's like, like part of that is just a product of having kids and your stuff is just everywhere yeah but part of it's like i mean if you set that if you if you merely decided to place that in your front yard instead of your backyard some guy with a trailer would have just picked it up and pawned it mm-hmm. but instead you put it in the backyard and now nobody can get it what are you doing <laughs> that's my so, only question so it's garbage they want to they don't they you think they want to get rid of it well i, I don't think know. they I'm, I think I think what they're doing is they're hanging out in their couches in the backyard. They could be. That's probably that. what's going on. It doesn't uh, rain in Oklahoma, right? It hasn't rained. I was just thinking of that today as I was walking across my front yard. And the grass is like doing the, the dry grass crunchies. Have you seen that movie? I don't know what it's called. 
yes. there's a there's a scene from it. It's kind of it's like the same thing as the um uh like the naked gun blazing saddles kind of just like parody of a of a genre sure yeah kind of film and these guys are like sneaking around and they're walking and the leaves are crunching and then the guy turns and goes shh and then they keep walking but the sound stops <laughs> from from the leaves crunching that's wait that's really funny, funny. i don't it's, i don't i've never hilarious. seen that i don't even know i forget what it's called but it's so funny leaves <laughs> crunching movie joke uh, top secret top secret no yes. i've never seen that before 1984 and they're all sneaking and then <laughs> <laughs> and then they keep walking it's completely silent i love <laughs> it's that so funny wow how'd they do that movie magic that's i how don't they know do. they just turned off the sound yes <clears throat> um what's going on what's what's popping what's what's happening in peaberg oh my gosh these days uh, we're we're gearing up for our celebration of the archangel the feast of the archangels which is coming up so us and the other archangel parishes are getting together for a series of three events in a row yes uh so one's at archangel gabriel one's at archangel michael one's at archangel raphael Mm -hmm. and i am not able to go to the one at my parish which is a huge bummer i know it's a huge bummer because i have class i have nice that sounds so exciting it's like for the one for archangel Michael, you like get a whole bunch of people together and you declare war on the forces of evil and you uh-huh. fight, you go into the city and you fight and you, you wage war and you win victories, you pray and, and you do works of charity. And it's amazing. When you're the Archangel Gabriel, you just go around, you tell people all kinds of good news. Like here's the best news over here. Here's yeah. the best news over there. When you're Archangel uh, Raphael, you find all the guys in the city who had birds poop in their eyes and you hang out with them. <laughs> and you give them a dog. <laughs> It's the most fun feast celebration ever. And then for the Feast of Archangel Uriel, you just don't exist. I'm sorry. That was mean. That's a, such a deep cut that you're going to have to let me in on. That's a, I, there's, a, there's, a, there's a fourth Archangel, Archangel Uriel, who I'm not <laughs> sure if it's like an actual Archangel. Archangel Uriel sounds like this old woman snuck in and made herself an archangel. She sounds like the, t- the type of angel that would scold you for not cleaning your plate. <laughs> that's archangel muriel oh okay Sorry. <laughs> archangel uriel um oh gosh the first search result was secrets of the tarot card nope 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 <laughs> so, nope, 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 nope nope this nope. is on learn religions which is a more yeah <laughs> i'm not clicking on that no me. clicking uh uriel and religious text the book of is in the book of enoch describes uriel mm. as one of the seven archangels who presides over the world warns the prophet noah about the upcoming flood ah. um Second, Esdras, God sends Uriel to answer a series of questions. The prophet Ezra asks God. And then, yeah, it, it's... Uh, so, some Christians in the Anglican and Eastern Orthodox Churches consider Uriel a saint. In some Catholic Christians, the archangels also have patronage over the seven sacraments of the church. And hmm. so, Uriel is a patron saint of, of confirmation. Um, huh. Cool. Nice. Cool. Just how uh, there's a ton of lay people that have no idea what the sacrament of confirmation is. There's an angel that no one has no, any idea. No one about has it. any idea about it. Right. <laughs> no one knows about it. That's great. It's perfect. It's so fitting. Uh, you know, I was thinking about angels the other day, and just about how we we joke about how there's an angel in charge of the sun or whatever. Uh huh. Um, but that's like true, obviously. Yes, right? obviously, yeah. And then, so if there's an angel in charge of the sun, there's probably an angel in charge of the solar system. If there's an angel mm-hmm. in charge of the solar system. There's probably angels in charge of you know, clusters of solar systems, maybe even galaxies. And I was just thinking of like, man, the angel that's in charge of galaxies, 
I mean, he still, you know, knows who I am. He still, he can still pray for me. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I ask the angel that's in charge of the Milky Way to pray for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of cool. I like. I know because <laughs> it's like, yeah, you guys probably all around here. You're all pretty good. You know what's going on. But like, I want that guy to I want that guy to pray for to, me. to to pray for me. And if he has any way to maybe solve my problems, um, he, that'd be great. He must know a lot. You know? Yeah, God, could you send the Milky Way angel to? Uh, I got I stubbed my toe and it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> and if you could just send him down to to assuage me that'd be great yeah it's 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 funny because like we we talk about i i was listening to theology and insanity with ah, with dave with dave, his eminence dave van vickle dave the man van vickle dave the man van vickle and uh dr michael the man Cirilla, Cirilla. uh who's my professor he's dr. great michael sriracha have you have you listened to that podcast i have the one on the theology of angels yeah he's so great yeah, and it's awesome I didn't. I don't know if this was the episode about angels, but he was talking about. Dave was talking about uh, this with one of his his daughters. His daughter's like, "Why does the sun rise in the morning?" And a really simple answer for a kid is just, uh-huh. "Well, there's an angel that makes sure that the sun rises, rises. and sets." And his yeah. son is like, "Oh, like dad, like that's not. It's like it's because of gravity." He's like, "Well, yeah, that's also true, but like, what's a what's a what's a five year old going to understand? Oh, there's an invisible." Uh, there's an invisible force that controls the sun. Okay, cool. Uh, you both said the same thing. There's an invisible right. force that controls the sun. Exactly. One of them has a math equation, and the other one you can pray with. That's cool. Okay. Yes. I ain't praying to gravity. I am praying much. to gravity, all right? That sounds pagan. Praying to angels? Totally fine. Totally cool. Think about it. Welcome to the crunch. Welcome to the crunch. We are pro-angel. Pro-angel, pro-asking angels to pray for you, pro-asking angels just generally to like do stuff for you. Yeah, and you better, uh, uh, you better, you better become a holy person because your your angel has been praying from the beginning of time that you would be a holy person, and uh, if down. you if you fail, they'll just cry, like they'll just be real sad. Yeah, yeah. If you if you end up not being holy, then the Milky Way angel bullies your guardian angel. <laughs> <laughs> the Milky Way angel is a Chad. That's what we. <laughs> There's two, the the two of the largest spiritual beings that we'll see when we're in heaven is the Milky Way angel and Thomas Aquinas. And that's, those are the two. <laughs> the largest boys in heaven. The largest boys in heaven. <laughs> oh, man. Thomas Aquinas' soul without his body is just big. He's like, yeah. his body was just representative of how large of a man he was on the that's inside. True. That's true. I, that's I can't great. find this legend, but there's a legend about, this is not a legend about Thomas Aquinas, but it's like a story about he, he, his boat got like marooned. And mm-hmm. he pushed the boat off the beach into the, he like by himself pushed the boat, <laughs> either pulled it ashore or pushed it off the shore uh, because he was just such a bulky boy. He was just a I'm, big, big, strong man. What I'm imagining is the the video game Super Smash Brothers Ultimate when you're playing as King <laughs> K. Rule and you do sure. his dash attack and he just thrusts his belly. <laughs> and that's that's what I'm imagining uh, happened with Thomas K. Aquinas. Thomas, Thomas K. Aquinas. Um, what was his middle name? Uh, I, I don't think they had middle names back then. No, it was just Thomas from Aquinas. I don't know. He went on boats. I thought he was more of a landlocked kind of guy. No, no, man. He's from Italy. Well, yeah. Yeah. There's lots of people from Italy who've never been on a boat. <laughs> I'm sure that's true. Yeah. It's <laughs> not like, proof of anything. But like Italy is a is a peninsula. So like... He okay. Must have been on a boat a couple of times. Sure. Didn't sure. he travel? He went to France. Well, that's, that's land, probably. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's true. Why I, would you leave Italy and go to France? Maybe it was different back then. I think it was. I think <laughs> it was. That that giant, the metal monstrosity constructed in uh, Paris had not yet been had not made. yet been built. Yeah, yeah. You know what pisses me off about the Eiffel Tower? <laughs> <laughs> Please go ahead. The fact Please. that they just they just build it because they could. Like it wasn't for anything. They were like, yeah. we figured out architecturally how to build something this tall with metal. And then they just it just farted into existence. Yeah, like it wasn't it wasn't commemorating anything. Sure, it's not it's not it, it wasn't designed to to point the eye towards the heavens. Sure, it was just meant to be like, look at what we can do with <laughs> iron now. I demand more flying buttresses. <laughs> and oh look, oh oh, we put a we put an elevator on it so you could go up to the top. Ooh, <laughs> it's like no, it's like it's it's the it's the eighteenth century equivalent of the Sears Tower. Sure, Just like yeah. a pointless thing. We have designed this outdated. So that, we have designed this so that you can feel big. It's actually the perfect enlightenment structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, France is a great a great example. The two the two things that make Paris what it is, right? The Eiffel Tower and the Notre Dame, right? Yes. One is designed to make you seal seem small and feel small, so you know how big the universe is and how big God is and how you know how crazy it is that there's so much outside of you. Whereas the Eiffel Tower, they bent a bunch of iron. And they put an elevator in it, so you go all the way up top and be like, "Wow, look how big I am!" Yes, we are now anti Eiffel Tower. I didn't realize how anti Eiffel Tower I was. Such Maybe I'm shame. just really such a shame that they built Notre Dame to be able to be burnt down, but we did not build the Eiffel Tower similarly. Is the Eiffel Tower burned down? Did they? No, do Notre oh. Dame's burned down. You fool! No, I know that, but they they fixed it, didn't they? I don't know. I'm not paying attention, but <laughs> I'm just upset did. that even the potentiality of mm-hmm. Notre Dame burning down is higher than burning down the Eiffel Tower. Like, well, unless we, you know, tie a giant lasso around the top and pull, that thing's, <laughs> that thing's not ever coming down. If you rep- if you can reproduce something in Vegas and it makes sense, don't build it. Eiffel Tower, Statue of Liberty, uh, the Sphinx. Yeah. Don't do it. No one's building the Eiffel. No one's building Notre Dame de Paris in, yes. in, you in take, Vegas. You take your you know? child, you take your American child to France uh-huh. for the first time and you go to Paris and they see the Eiffel Tower, and they said, but, Mom, I thought what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> and then you take them to the other Statue of Liberty that's in Paris, and they make the same joke. Exactly. Yeah. I'm thinking about the movie G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra, because uh-huh. in, that, in that movie, <laughs> there, there was a, 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 a nanobot technology that when fired at uh, anything, it would just consume that thing. So they, they did shoot it at the Eiffel Tower. Um, and I've always remembered that scene of this like green nanotechnology eating the Eiffel Tower. I remember thinking it was cool when I was a kid, but now I know why. I've always had this kind of instinctive <laughs> hatred of the Eiffel Tower, distaste <laughs> and disgust uh, for the Eiffel Tower. So I would I like mean, to say a personal thank you to the GI Joe movie film franchise. You know uh, what's you know what's you know what's like. I, I understand that for for all of human history since the fall, we've been like, how how big can we make things? Like how how tall can we how high can we right go? Genesis eleven you know? yeah we've talked about this in the Biblecast Bible Patreon dot com slash the Chronicles slash Biblecast um I don't know not slash Biblecast Bible that's not no Patreon dot com slash the Chronicles for the Biblecast yes we're recording another we've always been this week we've always been be interested we've always been interested in how how big we can build things yes. and how high we can go but so like that's not interesting to me what is interesting is that people uh, people centuries ago figured out how to build buildings so they don't burn down when they inevitably catch fire that's crazy cool like what do you mean like Notre Dame 
Yes. It was built in such a way that if a fire broke out, it wouldn't level the building. It would go out. Really? Yeah. The building didn't get leveled? No, it didn't get leveled. It's still there. Oh. I think it was only the roof was the problem. The roof. The roof. The roof is on fire. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's like a song. Oh, uh, I'm sure. Wait, hold on. I want to. I want to. Oh, I want to. I want to check this out now because I think Notre Dame burned down when I when I in like 2019. Everybody's talking about how big we can make things, but nobody's talking about how back in the 90s some guy invented a shrink ray in his attic. <laughs> hold on. Notre Dame was on fire on the 15th of April. Yeah. Oh, that's my mom's birthday. Everything bad happens on my mom's birthday. The Titanic sank that day. Uh, the Boston Marathon bombing oh, happened that day. Dang. It's tax day. <laughs> uh, dang. I think what's, Lincoln was shot that day. What's nine it, months before April 19th or April 15th? Uh, let's do some, I don't know. Let's do some conception math. Let's, let's do some conception math. It's 40 weeks. You have to do 40 weeks. Can't well, do no, months. if I had to do 40 weeks, easier to do nine months. So April... july <laughs> i guess i could have counted three months ahead instead of nine months back <laughs> yeah that's what you're supposed to do uh, <laughs> um, july yeah, 15th so. what happened on july 15th anything good let's let's uh, redeem this okay extensive line. extensive damage to the interior was prevented by the stone vaulted ceiling oh yes um, which contained the burning roof that collapsed many works of art and religious relics were moved to safety in the early emergency some suffered smoke damage um, the cathedral altar, two pipe organs, and three 13th century rose windows suffered little or no damage. Patrick, um, I've got great news. What's that? On July 15th, in 1099, Christian soldiers take the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem after the final assaults in the First Crusade. So we Wait, got sorry, that. what? You weren't <laughs> oh, okay. listening? No, I wasn't listening. <laughs> Pay attention. The First Crusade, Christian soldiers take the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem after the final assault, right? Okay. Wonderful. Uh, number one. Number two, King John of England expels Canterbury monks for supporting Archbishop Stephen Langton. I actually don't know if that's good or bad. Yeah, England and, and monks and, and Canterbury uh, are not always great. Okay, so cancel that one. Uh, 1381, John Ball, a leader in the Peasants' Revolt, is hanged, drawn, and quartered. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Wait, he was hanged and drawn and drawn quartered? Drawn and quartered? <laughs> Yikes. Jeez. In the presence of like... King Richard II of England. He must have really been bored, huh? <laughs> People really uh, did go in on each other. 70 AD, Titus and his armies breached the walls of Jerusalem. Okay, uh, let's see here. <laughs> yeah, 70, 70 AD, that's a pretty big one. That was July that's, 15th? Yep, 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 yep. That's what they say. Oh, uh, what happened to Jerusalem in 70 AD? Let's see, that must have been fun. Oh, no. Oh, no, oh, no. Uh, hold on. Napoleonic Wars, Napoleon surrenders. Okay, so that's right. good. We like him surrendering. Take that, France. The Rosetta Stone was found in 1799. Wow, incredible. So that's good. That's awesome. Uh, we're balancing out the destruction of the temple with the Rosetta Stone, which with I feel easy, like is a, with, with easy to learn trade. languages on on book on tapes. Right? <laughs> Can you imagine if they emerged out of out of the Rosetta Stone <laughs> temple with just discs of CDs, just a twelve disc edition? Look at all this, a twelve disc set. Only nineteen ninety five. That's what it says here in, in hieroglyphics. It says <laughs> just nineteen ninety five. Um. Uh. Oh wow, that's good. Um. Hold on. Georgia becomes the last of the former Confederate states to be readmitted to the Union. So this one's just called the Massacre of July 15th. 
Well, let's read it and protesters. see what's up. 89 protesters are killed by the Austrian police. Uh, there's got to be like one other good one. That's just really great. People really only tend to remember sad things. I know. It's kind of a bummer. Well, I mean, they don't call it the Valley of Tears for nothing. <laughs> oh, well, this is so you can take this for what it is. And this will be the last one you say. 2006 Twitter uh, is launched. Oh, gosh. <laughs> So this is how the world's end. This is a how the world, world ends, not in screams, but in tweets. In tweets. What's that? Phrase? What's a, that? What's uh, that quote? This is how democracy dies. Oh. Thunderous applause from freaking Star Wars: The Clone Wars, Episode Two. Yeah, is that what it is? This is how mm-hmm. democracy dies. Oh, it's a Mandela effect. This is a line from Star Wars. What? The, Speak in sentences. This is a line from Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. I could have sworn Pat, Princess Padme said, so this is how democracy dies with thunderous applause. But in all the current versions, she says liberty. Liberty? Yeah. This is how liberty dies. Chancellor. <laughs> um, then it's on the Mandela Effects subreddit, and someone goes, the entire Star Wars franchise is a minefield of Mandela Effects. Between all the actual variations of the films, the different retellings, and the fact that human memory is notoriously fallible. Yeah, that's how the Mandela Effect works. Yeah. Human memory is dumb and bad. And sometimes <laughs> but we, there are different versions of things. Yeah, and sometimes people people quote things like, you know, someone must have said, like, this is how democracy dies with thunderous applause, like, on Twitter. And you're like, oh, that's a quote from Star Wars, but she actually says liberty. It makes sense that she says liberty because... The Federation is not a democracy; it's a republic. Duh. Do some math. Do some math. Do some, Can I do say some one more thing about Natalie Portman before we get into? This? <laughs> I loved her in Mrs. Mr. Megorium's Wonder, Wonder Emporium. <laughs> I loved her in the movie Heat, which I watched yesterday. Have you seen the okay. movie Heat? No. The movie Heat is so usually sometimes when I watch movies um, is if they're not very good, I'll be watching them and be like, "This is awesome." You know, and then after I'll be like, what did I just, that wasn't that good. (laughs) You know, I can't believe it. But this movie was the opposite experience where I was watching it and thinking this isn't great. But then after it was over, I couldn't stop thinking about it. I was like, that was actually so good. Uh It's amazing. Al Pacino. First of all, I love it when Al Pacino just yells, (laughs) which I know is a very normie opinion about acting. But just the way his eyes kind of get big and the that he get, puts in his voice, <laughs> I always think it's just, it, even if it's a serious scene, it just makes me laugh every single time. That's really funny. So love Al Pacino. Love Robert De Niro mm-hmm. because I just, you know, I wish that he was my grandpapa. And <laughs> when I see him robbing banks in the movie, I think, well, what if my grandpapa was a bank robber? But I'll give you the brief rundown on the movie Heat. They're two sides of the same coin, right? Al Pacino. Robert De Niro, Robert De Niro's Robin Banks, Al Pacino's the cop chasing him down. Sure. There's this whole through line about how uh, you have to be willing in this business, right, to be able to walk away from anything in your life in 30 seconds flat if the heat is coming around, right? That's what Robert De Niro always says. The heat's coming around the corner. That's where the title of the film comes from. The heat, yeah. And so it's just, it's actually turns into this huge tragedy because Robert De Niro pulls off the heist of his life and he's about to escape with the woman he loves. Uh, and Al Pacino is like with his estranged wife. He's on his third marriage. And both of these guys have opportunities to stay with the women that they have loved in this movie. But Al Pacino's like with his wife in the hospital because Natalie Portman is in the movie and she's young. She's like a teenager, which is kind of crazy to see. Oh, Natalie wow. Portman okay. is like a teenager in this movie. She tries to commit suicide. So they're in the hospital. She survives. It's great. But he's comforting his, his wife in the, in, the, in the hospital and gets this page 
they're like, we found Robert De Niro. And he's like, been ha- hunting him down. This whole three hour runtime, been hunting him down. <laughs> and then Robert De Niro is about to f- go to the airport and fly away with this girl that he met at a coffee shop at the, in the first act. Anyway, normal. normal. They're going to go to New Zealand, which is great. Big, big Lord of the Rings guy, Robert De Niro. This movie. <laughs> and they're, they, there's this moment. This big fan of Kiwis, the bird. Big of, this is, yes. They're, Robert De Niro is driving uh, and they go into this tunnel on the way to the airport. And like, there's this flash of like white light and you see him just be super happy because he's just leaving this whole life of crime behind him. But then they get out of the tunnel and he realizes that he has to go back and kill a guy. And so he doesn't actually end up escaping and he leaves the woman and then Al Pacino leaves his woman at the hospital Mm. and Al Pacino ends up shooting Robert De Niro dead. Um, Spoilers. If you've never seen this movie from 30 years ago, Um, (laughs) but the end, the last shot is just like Robert De Niro saying like, I never wanted to go back to jail. It wasn't worth it. And he just reaches up his hand and he dies as Al Pacino is holding his hand. And you just have this image of these two guys who have sacrificed the important relationships in their life for work. And like, he's neither of them are happy like with where they're at. And like Al Pacino's yeah. just sad that he has to that he had to shoot this guy and was watching him die. And Robert De Niro's sad because he never got to go to New Zealand and never got to do what he wanted to do and like be free. And it just ended like I thought this was going to be like a oh and they get away like Ocean's Eleven, you know. Bum, bum, ba, dum, ba, dum, yeah, we did the thing. We da, did da, it. Da, da, yeah. da. We did it. But it was just it ended up being kind of this like Greek tragedy at the end where they gave up everything and they all everyone lost crime doesn't pay and neither does fighting crime yeah so <laughs> everything is pointless natalie portman was in that movie and i i highly recommend it i thought it was really good honestly even with that ending i probably watch it robert de niro is awesome i love i just there's this great scene the first time that they ever acted together al pacino and robert de niro was in this mm. movie and they who's the director scene, michael mann interesting yeah there's a scene where they're together and they're it's like he doesn't have anything he can arrest him on yet and so he pulls him over and says, can I buy you a cup of coffee? And they just sit down and they trade kind of jabs. So it's like, I'm going to kill you. And he's like, well, I'm going to kill you. And it, it's just, <laughs> it's so good. Great. I mean, love when anyway. cops say that, you know? <laughs> well, he doesn't say that. Al Pacino's like, if it's between you making a widow out of one of these guys on the streets, I'm not going to hesitate. And then Robert De Niro says, if it's between me and you. I don't know how Robert De Niro talks. No, that's pretty accurate. Uh, it's between me and you. And I'm getting away, and you're in the way. I'm not going to hesitate either. That's a really then, good Robert De Niro, actually. Thank you. Yeah, you got to kind of make your mouth sag to the side a little bit. Yeah, then you gotta <laughs> talk like you're 80 years old, even though you're only even, in your even 40s. though you're only 45, and you got this great, <laughs> great stubble in the film. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> great. I wish you could have seen his face. It was spot on. It was spot on. Oh, oh man. man, that's funny. All right. Back to the podcast. What's what's our topic today? Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
We're talking about... We've really um, been just shooting the breeze for 30 minutes, huh? Shooting the, oh, my goodness. Uh, it's such a, such a long day. Okay. Actually, no, it's been a really short day, but it's, it's been a very a stressful day. one. I'm sorry. Um, I, I regret to inform you that oh. I am sad. No. I'm sorry. I watched... What? <laughs> you just really leaned into that. I was like, oh, it's okay, buddy. I'm just I'm just setting up the topic. I'm not actually saying I regret I regret to inform you that I watched a TV show, a television no. program, and it was called The Simpsons. Have you ever heard of it? No, I don't watch much of the TV these now days. Now we're really ripping off Catching Foxes by talking about, about the, the Simpsons. Simpsons. Gosh. <laughs> if if only. It's kind of unfortunate because they're so consumed by media and mm-hmm. these things of American culture that anytime we happen to reference something that's magnificently impactful on American culture, then we're just ripping them off because they haven't talked about it at all. I know. Yeah. But I, I, I bet they haven't watched this episode because it's a new one. So. Probably not. No. Uh, but it's uh, it, it was an episode where they find, I, I think I talked, did I talk about the episode last week? You might've mentioned it, but we didn't go in depth. Okay. Did I go into the plot? Cause I'm going to repeat anything. Uh, I'll listen back and check. Okay, cool. So uh, we, I watched this episode, and and the the salty sea pirate, I forget his name. He goes and he's in the he's in the water, and he finds a treasure, and mm-hmm. he's been looking for it for forty years. They put this like whole plot line back where he's been like, that's what he's been doing in the water the whole time. Has been looking for this buried Horatio treasure. Peter McAllister. Yeah, sure. There we Known go. More and simply as the sea captain, the sea resident captain. of Springfield. Anyway. Continue. The uh, yeah, the sea captain is doing it. So the sea captain is doing it, and and he finds he finds the buried treasure, um, and and <laughs> sorry, just one second. <laughs> he is always seen holding a corn cob pipe and squinting because he has at least one glass eye. Though once he was seen tapping both of his eyes and says he has two glass eyes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a classic sentence. That's a pretty funny joke. <laughs> this whole time this guy's got two glass eyes. Anyway. And, yeah, it's also the fact that, like, in shows like that, there actually aren't any real-world consequences oh, for yeah, jokes. No, like, jokes never have any lasting consequences. So, like, if, if a character says they have two glass eyes, and the next episode they're seeing things, it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No. It's a Man, situational I love, comedy. I love suspending my disbelief to the he point He was created of by Conan O'Brien. That's really funny. Yeah. I Anyway, so he's not important to the plot. He's just a MacGuffin okay. to, like... Sorry. He's, he's just a MacGuffin to find the treasure, and then the city of Springfield moves the border of Springfield to encompass where he found the treasure. And so they, they seize the treasure and they're like, what are we going to do with it? And Marge says, let's, let's build a STEM school. And so they build a STEM school right across the science. Can you do the Marge voice, please? I don't, I can't do the Marge. Just voice. Tr- I want you to try. <laughs> I tried oh, my, hi. I worked out my Robert <laughs> in your impression. You have to do a Marge. I, I can't do Oh, oh homie. I can't do it. It's really bad. Why can't we build a STEM school? That's really good. Is that about it? That's pretty that good. Close? That I've never good. seen The Simpsons, but I know she talks about like that. That's solid. That's a pretty solid march. Um, but yeah, so they build a STEM school across the street from the other school. And Lisa goes, and it's like, it's this big, fancy community college looking sure. building. Right. And Lisa goes, and she's like really excited about it. it. Yeah. Yeah. She's and Bart it. is like, he hates it mm-hmm. at first. But anyway, so they, they come in and they see the principal, right? And the principal is literally dressed like an Apple genius. Like he has like a name badge around his. And it's like he's holding an iPad and he scans uh-huh. their coat, their uh-huh. their cards. So he can like, he's like, oh, your name is. And he scans it, goes, Bart. And I'm like, why don't you just use name tags, you idiot? Like, mm-hmm. come on. There's no reason to, yeah. to just. Anyway, we're over. We're over complicating things. I was thinking about Apple Watches the other day. We'll talk about this later. Right. I. 
I'm, I'm no, on the edge of my seat. The 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 I'll talk about it right now. Okay. Apple has done an, <laughs> Apple has done an incredible job at convincing everyone that they're important enough to need an Apple Watch. It's just so like the, the no one times, needs to be that connected. Anyway. I'm talking to a college student that all they do is go to class and like maybe come to Bible study every once in a while, and I'm like trying to get lunch with them, and they're and they're going. It's like every five minutes they're they've got some buzz, and I'm like you're you. Okay. Can you please it's, do you t- go away? Go if you're going to do that. Have a conversation, you know. Gosh. And they sell this thing now where like you can you can charge your your AirPods and your Apple Watch and your phone all in the same dock connector and I'm like we're robots now. That'll be $400. We're robots now. What's yeah. going on? These people we we have like we have bedside things where we charge all of the electronic devices that we it's 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 literally crazy. I mm-hmm. anyway, this kind of ties in. So Bart isn't doesn't want to be there. Lisa's excited, but the principal comes up to both of them and is like, "Lisa, you're on the you're on the tr- you're on this whatever track." And she's like, "Is that the advanced class?" And he's like, "Oh, we don't like to say advanced. We don't like to say gifted kids." Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're a gifted kid. And so she goes upstairs <laughs> to the gifted kid class uh-huh. where they learn about algorithms and they learn about oh, algorithms. They, sure, they learn about like co- cognitive computer science and. Um, and then Bart goes to like the other track and it's like a virtual reality thing where like you you complete lessons and you earn achievement points and you unlock skins and Yeah. <laughs> it's like Fortnite and Quizlet had a baby. Exactly. And it's it's really funny because Not it's Quizlet, what am I thinking of? No, Quizlet or uh, No the Kahoot. Kahoot, thank you. Yeah. Kahoot Quizlet is and what I Fortnite. used to study for my real estate exam and there were no rewards involved other than employment. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so he he goes down he goes down there and then they learn about the the algorithm. They they talk about algorithms and how the school is run by an algorithm. Uh huh. <laughs> to like figure out what kids need to learn and how to reinforce their learning better. Right. And the 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 whole joke is like, oh well, you know, we're just we're training you for the jobs of tomorrow today. Mm. You know, and so the advanced mm-hmm. kids are learning how to create apps. Yeah. And the less advanced kids are learning how to use those use, apps. Use apps. Yeah. To to complete jobs like grocery delivery and lift driving. Like that was what sure. it was. Yeah, yeah. And Lisa goes down, and she's like, Oh my gosh, like all they're learning is these aren't jobs, these are side hustles. It was <laughs> they, and I said I made the joke in the last week's episode, they they mentioned that it's like there's a big screen with a ten ninety nine miss on the front. Like uh-huh. how to how to fill out how to fill out a ten ninety nine, which is just really funny. But I was all I was thinking was the the big punchline of the episode is that there the no one knows at least it's like no one knows what the jobs of tomorrow will be and the principal goes well the algorithm does so oh. let's let's check the algorithm yes. and the algorithm finds out that the only there's only one job of the future and it's elder care because it's the only thing that can't be automated mm-hmm. <laughs> and they 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 burn down this they like they close down the school because right. no one wants to do elder care so they're just let's stave off the inevitable and they close the school down, and Lisa said, "Well, and Bart's like, you did it." And he's well, well, we we don't. The job of the future is still elder care. Just now, we won't know how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but the the main the main thing that made me freak out is because is okay. that uh, schools kind of already are trying to look like that. Oh yeah, where they're just an automated algorithm of you know, various technological, I don't know. I, the the idea of a STEM school, it it sounded really cool. And then they were sitting these children down and teaching them how to 
do cognitive computer science. So like yeah, yeah. teaching computers how to think like people. Right. And it just this unrestrained uh this unrestrained science and unrestrained progress for its own sake really made me uh angry. Yes. Because I don't know if you if I've been talking to you this, but I'm kind of on a kick of I hate the fact that we're not human beings anymore. Okay. We're not human beings. Yes. yes. We uh, we try we're trying to automate everything. Uh-huh. And I don't want to speak in I don't want to speak in in extremes. No, no, do it. It'll get more clicks. It'll get <laughs> We, we, we seek, we seek automation. We seek streamlining. I mean, I was talking about this with you when we discussed the, the funeral industry, yeah, remember? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And how we've outsourced, we outsource things like the education of our kids, mm-hmm. like the burial of our dead, yes. like raising care family. Care of the elderly. Care of the elderly. Yeah. We outsource yeah. all of these things so that one person focuses on that. One person focus, a group of people focus on that a group of people focus on that. And I'll focus on, you know. Uh, cognitive computer science right and we've lost the things that make us really human and Mm -hmm. i'm afraid that that is what the future is going to look like and i don't know how to stop it interesting Mm -hmm. Hmm. obviously the kids in a kids in a virtual reality simulator where they're just delivering for grubhub is a caricature of what the future would look like but also it's not also, those companies are all they're trying to do is do the Amazon model, where they create a monopoly and they do it really cheap for, at a loss for ten years with angel investors, and then they just—you know how that works, right? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Cool. And I don't know if they, our listeners do. No. Well, so they basically they make it, their product super affordable and really cool and really easy to use. So everybody downloads Uber, everybody downloads Lyft, everybody downloads GrubHub, everybody downloads DoorDash, and everybody's into it. Um, but then after a while. Uh, you have to actually start making money. <laughs> and so they they hike up the prices and in order to hike up or or they keep the prices the same and they contract out people who start these companies to hire people. So this is what Amazon does, right? They create a company. Some guy creates a company where he employs Amazon drivers and Amazon contracts his company. And the guy who starts the company makes a lot of money. But the Amazon drivers, they, they're not allowed to go to the bathroom. Right? <laughs> yeah. And so... Similar things happen with like Uber and Lyft. There's like these shell organizations where people get contracted out to provide labor. And then Uber and Lyft and DoorDash and Grubhub and Amazon and Google and whoever else can claim that they're not violating any human rights because it's not them who's doing it. It's this, it's these little LLCs that they're contracting. And so they're benefiting off of just this gross exploitation of labor. Uh, and so they, that's how they can keep the cost down in one way is by just making people not go to the bathroom the other right. way would be to uh, provide the same service, but just at cost. Mm-hmm. But then nobody would use your products because some other company that doesn't have the same moral qualms that you have would would crop and up has there. angel investors and has angel investors, right? Because yeah. it's a hot, it's the hotness, it's the new thing. You know, have you have you heard of have you heard of um, <clears throat> this new app that I've downloaded called? Brightline. I got. I give every, every day. I get on Brightline, and not only does it help me get food, it also helps me find a wife, and it <laughs> streams all of my favorite television programs. It's only ninety nine dollars a month, but the problem is, no, not ninety nine dollars a month. Ninety nine cents a month is what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, but the, but the only way it works 
is is if there's a, a whole bunch of people in Indonesia who run in hamster wheels, and that's <laughs> that's the only way it works. But now, but see, I've just made a hundred million dollars. Yeah, right. It's, um, it's a, a reading thing. from a reading from the letter of, of Saint James. Behold, the wages you withheld from the workers who harvested your fields are crying out loud. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of Hosts. Um, that's from the that's from, that was from Mass on Sunday, and I was like, oh. That's just for Jeff, baby. <laughs> Can I do a reading from the book of James? Absolutely. I got to pull it up. I have a Bible sitting right here, but I'm typing on my computer like a freaking monkey. Um, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. That's kind of the scariest thing in the Bible. <laughs> do you? Would you, Patrick? I just a quick question off the record. Would you like to be an enemy of God? Uh uh-uh, uh 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 uh. Nope. Why would you not like to be? Because he's of God, God. <laughs> and you <laughs> are not. <laughs> yes, indeed. See, that's now we've solved the problem. I think it. The conversation will make a lot more sense if we go back to like why. What is the impulse behind the the automation? And the algorithmic everything and the apps and the the outsourcing like where where is that coming from on like a human level because it's you're saying we're not we're not being human right but some kind of human thing led to the creation of all of this stuff because it didn't it wasn't divinely ordained you know oh, yeah. so yeah, it came yeah. out of something from human beings so it's it, like if we can trace it back to what's the original impulse that missed right that now led to yeah. all this stuff in one sense. It is inhuman. In another sense, it is intensely human. <laughs> yes. Because we have this kind of like, not a dual nature, but our nature is broken. And the mm-hmm. part of that nature that was created to be good uh, is not being honored by these things. And mm-hmm. the part that uh, loves to not, loves to, uh, loves to let its heart grow fat, so to speak. It's yeah. very human. So like pushing pushing things that that are uh, unimportant, not unimportant, but pushing things that are important aside because they're inconvenient in favor of in favor of convenience is an intensely human thing because we're uh-huh. very sinful. But yes, it's not it's not but the way I would God like the knowledge of good and evil now, please. Yeah. It's not, it wasn't the way God intended us to live. I, this is something that I've been trying to do. I'm trying to figure out what the way to live is because like mm. I've become convinced that we're not supposed to live in the world, right? We're not yeah. supposed to be of the world, but yeah. unfortunately history, the Kronos is all that exists right now from yeah. the fall until the end of time. That's all that exists. And it's like we were taught when we were kids that, that this celibate priests and, and religious are called to live as if heaven is now. Mm-hmm. I've become convinced that married people are called to live as if Eden is now. Why not heaven? Why we're supposed we, to, why are well, we skipping heaven? What, what do you mean? What's the difference between what you said about the priests and religious and what you said about the married people? Well, because, you know, uh, cause married people don't get to have other naked people walking around in their house. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's called having kids, but... That's true. <laughs> Not married people, religious people. I don't know what oh, I yeah. said. 
Well, I'm I'm confused where your confusion is. I'm I'm confused at why you. What's the delineation between Eden and heaven, and like uh, why you why you specifically? Well, one said is that. very earthly, but it's an it's a it's a it's the way that God intended for us to live on Earth, and one yeah. is not Earth. Sure. Yeah. So you're saying it's easier for religious to have less earthly attachments, you know? Yes. Like a husband is a, a single man is worried about the things of God. A husband is worried about how to please his wife kind of a thing. Sure. But like, I don't think either of those things are, I, I, I don't think that that necessarily. Okay. I, let me, let me, let me backtrack a bit. Um, I'm, I think that lay people are called, particularly married people are called to make, find out what God intended to discover what God intended the world to be. Ah, and make the world more like that. Yes. And so mm-hmm. live as if Eden, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. live as if as if the fall never happened. Can I, I wasn't going to share this, but I feel like everything's pointing in this direction. So I'm going to trust that the spirit's moving. So it's from my prayer, which I try not to share things from my prayer, yeah, especially sure. when it's recent. I want you to share things from your prayer with me. Yes, of course. Okay. <laughs> uh, so <clears throat> Patrick, you, you've read the gospels. Couple times, you know about Christ's life. Been, been, yeah. Um, so let me let me tell you some of the things that I like about Christ's life. Uh, he goes to weddings and he drinks wine. Yeah, <laughs> and he has a bunch of boys and they go on camping trips and he's got a cool mom and a cool dad <laughs> and he goes to the temple and he prays and he prays a lot. He's able to go out into the wilderness and he fasts for a long time and he does war with demons and the devil and he's able to just touch people and heal them. And he tells little fat guys to come out of the tree and has dinner at their house <laughs> and rise, raises people from the dead and challenges people and is is uh, is a source of a, of a social movement as well as a religious movement as well as just like a spiritual thing. Like he's he's in the middle of all this amazing stuff. I love all that about Jesus's mm. life. All right. That's it's the coolest thing to me. Uh, and those are the kinds of things in my life that I try to cultivate. The thing that I do not like about Jesus's life is the the um, <clears throat> the suffering. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is the part that I do not enjoy. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> forgot about that. I forgot about. It. Well, but we actually do though, is because we 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 read the Sermon on the Mount and we read the things that Jesus says, and even people who are deeply familiar with the Scripture and know God on a deeper level than just your average Catholic in the pew. I'm not talking about the people who just are like the moral therapeutic deists try to um, God wants me to be a better person kind of a thing, but like yeah. dedicated missionary disciples. We take the ideas of God in the, the concepts that Jesus was for and, and we make that into the life of Christ. But Christ, what he wants, like when we were baptized and in the sacraments and in prayer, what he's screaming at us is I want you to share my whole life. I want all of my life to be your life and I want all of your life to be my life. That's the whole point. And for Ethan, he likes to take all the fun stuff that usually involves drinking. That's the <laughs> yeah. and camping. Like an alcoholic. <laughs> drinking and camping is with the is, boys, <laughs> with the boys is what I think that Jesus's life was like. Um, but when something is challenging at work or when I don't feel like serving my wife or when I don't feel like editing a podcast, or, you know, something way more challenging. When those things come along, I'm like, no, I'm gonna, I'm not going to engage with this, and I'm just going to stay on the surface, the surface level. Mm-hmm. 
And so that's where this automation outsourcing all these things come in, right? Because like, why would I engage with um, the fact that like, I don't know, my a loved one has died or something or, or is sick and close to death? Like, why would I engage with that and feel that when I could just pop up a YouTube video and just disappear, right? And it's, mm-hmm. and not even disappearing, but it's, it's the, there's, there's depth to the human experience where you can, there's like the sensory level where it's like, ah, yes, what I'm experiencing right now feels good and this is good. Uh, but then there's the level below that where you're aware of the fact that you're experiencing something good and that's why you're feeling good, you know? And then there's even a level below that, right? And then there's a level below that, like, this is the whole point of Teresa of Avila's interior mm-hmm. castles, that there's many rooms within the soul. And for these things that what you're describing, that's just like the, the, the not even in the courtyard of the castle. <laughs> and that's where we live all the time. Yeah. It's because there's no reason to go deeper into the castle when I can just beep, boop, bop, Chipotle's at my door. And it's, this is not a like technology bad point. This is a, there's depths to our, to ourselves that we don't even acknowledge right and there's depths to the life that christ wants us to live because it's his life that he wants he wants us to recapitulate his whole experience on earth every day yeah there's no there's no way for us to go deeper because we're refusing to take on the suffering that is necessary because we deem all suffering is unnecessary exactly like there is suffering that you don't have to go through sure you know like if you have a headache yeah you know if you have or like i was thinking even like a a more basic level like if you have a headache or you are nauseous there is medication for that Right. You know, right. and that's fine. If you have broken a leg, you ought to go to the doctor. Yeah. And it's like medicine has come so far that like we can stave off the inevitable. Mm-hmm. But the fact that death still remains is the yes. ultimate like, man, uh, we're still like we, we're still going to have to suffer. I mean, everyone has to suffer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we don't like talking about that or thinking about that. And we're trying to formulate a world where where no one has to suffer yes. um, or at least we can ignore suffering until we eventually die and i don't mm-hmm. think that's a good way to live and I, I think we not only not only so like i it's hard to just talk about suffering because we think about suffering we think about something happening to you yes and we think about something that's fruitless but mm-hmm. like there's a suffering in marriage oh yeah marriage there's suffering hard. in everything there's suffering in having kids or suffering in having a good job you know mm-hmm. and but those things are all good. And so like, I want to know, I want to know what it's like to be on the other side of that suffering, like push through the things that other people are afraid to mm-hmm. do, like get married early and have kids early. Like I want to push yeah. through those things and be like, okay, what? Cause I mean, talking to some of your friends who have kids at your wedding, they are so mm-hmm. happy. Oh yeah. And I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, that I didn't get the whole story because I'm sure that their lives are difficult. Yeah. Some baby wakes them up in the middle of the night and they're, they can't sleep and (laughs) they still have to go to work even though the baby woke them up in the middle of the night. Yeah. And I'm sure that's awful. (laughs) Yes. But like, but like what, what will they know on the other end of that? It's like, it's like this priest that I was talking to. He, he dealt with, you know, 46 years of priesthood and, you know, in a really difficult time to be a priest in the Diocese of Pittsburgh, you know, yeah. for in several, in like probably the worst decades that we've had. And he's on the other end of that and he's a very wise man. And it's like, well, how do you, how do you get that wisdom? It's through either lived experience or through prayer. And so I want to do both of those things. Um, 
this was about this episode was about the simpsons but now it's not i'm reading this book elizabeth of the trinity have you ever read her i have heard of her yes she got me in trouble with dr han one time <laughs> because she called herself a spouse elizabeth. of the trinity she called herself what she the called spouse? herself a spouse of the trinity like that's ah. that's that was that was something that and i i wrote a paper about how um much like like saint francis called mary the spouse of the spirit I was like, it would make if if Elizabeth the Trinity can say that about herself, like we could absolutely say that about Mary because she was married to Joseph, who's like an icon of the Father. She was in a physical way, in like a in like a in like a human way. She was married to Joseph. In a mystical way, she's united to Christ as a member of the Bride of Christ, the Church, and she's the spouse of the Spirit in like a spiritual marriage. And I was like, in a different way, she has a different she's a, a different unique relationship to each member of the Trinity. Um, and so I was like, she's a spouse of the Trinity. And Dr. Han goes, are you insinuating polyandry? And I was like, no, Dr. Han, obviously not. <laughs> Yikes. Anyway, go on it's with Elizabeth. A, no, that's, no, that's an interesting point. And I think there's, there's a reason she doesn't have an ST in front of her name, you know? And so I think she is a saint. Is she? Yeah. It doesn't say here. Please hold while the jury Googles. Yeah, St. Elizabeth of the Trinity. Venerated in Catholic Church. Oh, yeah, she was canonized in 2016. Okay. Yeah. All right, I take back whatever caveat I was going to say. Yeah. Um, love that she has an ST in front of her name. This book might have just been published before she was canonized. So uh, I, I love her stuff already. Like, it's it's already great. What you're talking about, this, when I engage with suffering in a way where I accept it, and choose to like allow God to purify me and choose to allow like his love to consume me, which is just kind of a crazy thing to think that suffering is the way that the father just like consumes us with love. Mm-hmm. It's like, come on, pick a better way. But if there was a better <laughs> way than like the, the he would have picked it. Yeah. Like the whole thing that Jesus did to save all of humanity would have, would have been, you know, like a hug circle or something. You know, it would have looked like a Kairos retreat. That'd be kind of weird. It would be kind of weird. So it's probably good that he did what he did. Yeah, right. Um, But she she quotes something. I don't know what she quotes because it's in French. And so I have no idea the source text of this. Sure. But I know that it's here. Um, uh, She says, I'm trying to find a good place to start the quote because it's, I only highlighted a section of it. So the, the, the all consuming love of God this love leads us by ways and paths known to him alone. And he leads us with no turning back for we will not retrace our steps, which I was, I thought that was crazy. Like obviously God is eternally new and always bringing us to places that we thought that we would never be. But how much of our spiritual life is that experience where we're thinking back to where we were before and just thinking like, Oh, well I must be there. Or, and if I'm not there, I got to go back, go back to where I was. And God is always just saying like, no, there's like, he's always calling us forward. There's no square one in the spiritual. There's no, there's no square one. And it's, and even if there is a square one, it's, 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 you've passed square one. You can't return. You can't collect $200. It's, (laughs) we, we exist in linear time. And even when we're 
we're in eternity with God. Like we won't be able to go back. Like that doesn't, that's not something that really computes with God and who he is and what he desires for us. And so we, like what you're saying is when we, I think if you look back and you take time to pray and think about where you've grown the most in your life, it's these times where God has proposed a suffering to you and you've, you've said yes and you've picked up the cross Mm -hmm. and the times where you've grown the least in your life is when God has proposed a suffering to you and you are like, no, thank <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I am good to go. I am here. I would like camping trips and wine weddings, please. <laughs> right. And that's, and that's, you know, and maybe a what, whiskey what, Coke. And I'm going to conclude with this, the human thing that we're seeing right now, they're like the lack of being human is because God has essentially offered the same suffering. He's always offered humans, which is, you know, live, reproduce, die, you know, he's offered that to our generation and we've decided just collectively, no, like Mm -hmm. we don't want this. We don't really want to live. We don't really want to reproduce and we really don't want to die. (laughs) And we can't avoid that. So we're just going to avoid thinking about it as much as we can. And pretend that there's some kind of scientific remedy to death where like you upload your consciousness as if, as if uploading consciousness could even be, you you know as if you would still experience you would be dead you would still be dead it's just people would be able to like there's this ghost facsimile of you you know right and he says welcome captain america when you walk into (laughs) i am the computer captain (laughs) i am the computer and you have taken my brain away uh do you remember me from the first captain america movie yes everyone saw it they couldn't get me for the full thing, so they put me in the computer. Yes, I could not. The the actor, he did refuse to appear again. Is it I had some German scheduling man? conflicts with the remake of Hogan's Heroes. <laughs> Wait, was he in Hogan's Heroes? No, 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 no but he's oh, okay. German. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I don't know. One of my, I really that's, one of, that's one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite jokes from Community is when they're talking to the Germans and the Germans are like, "Like that classic, like that classic German TV show, Hogan's Villains." Mm, that's <laughs> this is weird because it's about Nazis. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the 1980s, long before the concept of too soon. Um, I mean, the war was 40 years past at that point. That's still too Gil- soon. Gilbert Gottfried made a joke about 9-11 two weeks after it happened. Yeah, that's wild. That was that was too soon. That that's was the craziest thing that's ever happened. And anyway. yeah, no, too soon is, yeah, it's still too soon to joke about this, about World War II. You want to know why? Ethan, there's still Nazis. There's still Nazis around. Okay, I know. You can only joke about something when it's over. <laughs> right? It's like, you know why we could joke about the Franco-Prussian War? I'll give you two reasons. One, there's no more Prussians. And, and two, no one you, even remembers. Do you know a guy named Franco? Because I <laughs> yeah, don't. I do. <laughs> okay, um, but the Nazis—I mean, they're on the moon. They're just waiting. They're just waiting. They're you just ever chilling. seen Transformers three? You ever see it, Apollo eighteen? I—I haven't seen Apollo eighteen. Wait, am I thinking of Apollo nineteen? What was the well, last Apollo mission? Well, the last Apollo movie was Apollo eighteen. Oh, okay. Well, Apollo, the Apollo the Spy, Moon Spiders? Was that the Apollo? That was Moon Spiders, yeah. Yeah, cool. I saw yeah, that yeah, movie. Yeah. I hated that movie. It was so scary. I did not see that movie because I don't like going to see scary movies. I didn't I'd realize rather... it was a scary movie. I thought it was a space movie. It was a space movie, but it was a scary space movie. I know. And I was like, I, I, but afterward, it was one of those movies where I was like so into it when I was in theaters, but afterwards I thought about it and I was like, wait, hold on. There's spiders on the moon? Yeah. Okay, cool. Just don't go to the moon. 
just to stay away from the moon. Why are we going? Why are we going to the moon? And mm-hmm. they're like, oh, but people brought moon rocks back. So what if the moon? I'm like, look, if the spiders are used to living on the moon, they're probably like being crushed by gravity right now. It's fine. They'll probably be fine. I feel similarly about the the Amazon, right? Sure. People go to the Amazon. They're like, oh, this all this stuff can kill us. Why are we? And then people die in the rain. I was like, why are you going? Why stop going? Don't go there. Don't go there. You know. God clearly made this place <laughs> for like animals and stuff to hang out, right? Let them have their let them have their time. It's like the fact that the Amazon it's like sixteen billion bugs per square foot or something. I don't know <laughs> if that's, that's true, <laughs> but sixteen billion bugs per square foot. How well? That's I think it's not sixteen far off. billion bugs per How many square bugs foot. Bugs per square foot. They must all be hanging out in one Amazon. spot, and it's just an average or something. <laughs> it's Amazon effects. Okay. Two point five million species, but what's the density? Are they packed in there like millennials in a New York City? Close. That was a good one. You should have I'm said trying. like you should have said like a coffee shop or something. Packed in there like packed in Packed in there like millennials in an avocado toast coffee shop. Packed in there like a bunch of thirsty young Catholic men at a uh uh dang it. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't think of the word theology on tap. Packed in there. I don't know. Like I can't of... get the square footage number, but I know it's pretty high. All right. <laughs> It might not be 16 billion, but it's up there. Uh, speaking of blood-sucking bugs, you want to do Dr. Ethan's Dating Corner? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I know it hurts. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Your I, 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 I... All right. You came to the right place, you ding-dong. It's called communication, baby. <laughs> That's a good one. We should Thank keep you. that. We should keep yeah. that bit around. It's staying in. Welcome to Dr. Ethan's Dating Corner, sponsored by Catholic Match. That's the first time in like three months that you've done it on the I know. first try. I've been elsewhere mentally. Con- congratulations. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to Dr. Ethan's Dating Corner, sponsored by Catholic Match. If you would like to submit a dating corner, you can go into the, the description because I don't think we can keep relying on them to post Dr. Ethan's Dating Corner. I'm going to be taking over uh, Catholic Match's instagram for a day pretty soon nice nice and so you guys should go follow them at catholic mm-hmm. match so mm-hmm. you can see me shamelessly plug our podcast for 24 hours i'm Amazing. gonna go i'm gonna go live i'm yeah. gonna do i'm gonna do a t-shirt giveaway oh, wow. where i say enter your email for a free t-shirt and then i don't send any t-shirts out because i don't have any uh no i'm just kidding i'm pretty sure that's a violation of pretty sure fcc what, what you just uh, said was lying I'm pretty sure that's like a it's a crime. You can't say it might not be a violation of the FCC, but it is a violation of Exodus thirty. <laughs> Twenty. What's the chap chapter? No, isn't it thirty? Twenty. Dang it. Ten commandments. Yeah. The Exodus happens in Exodus nineteen. Then they go to oh, the big old so mountain. So the commandments are the twenty. Twenty. What's yeah. Exodus thirty? Anything? Uh, probably something about killing goats. Yeah, probably. Or walking around the wilderness complaining about something. Yeah. Half of the uh, Bible is 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 <clears throat> half the Bible. Is is phone numbers and names, and the other half is is detailing in in detail goat killing. There's really three parts of the Bible. There's three parts of the Bible: numbers and names and goat killing. We'll put all that together. Yep. The Israelites complaining. Yes. The apostles the is- complaining. <laughs> <laughs> 
That the gospel is them complaining at Jesus, and then the rest of yes. the New Testament is them complaining at us. It's goats, names, and numbers, and then you can just combine it to people that God specifically trusted and showed many signs and miracles to just bailing over and over and over again. Oh man. Classic. The confidence, the confidence at the beginning of Deuteronomy for them to be like, we are the chosen people. Look at all these great, amazing things that have happened. We're killing it. We're going to skip over the golden calf incident. We're not going to mention that in our summary of everything that's happened. (laughs) We're going to skip over bail of Peor. We're not going to mention that in the summary of everything that's happened. God chose us. We're, We're doing great. We're doing really well. Are you book of Deuteronomy? Whoever wrote you? Moses. Moses. I, I, I am a I am a proponent of mosaic authorship purely because the 18th century happened and I want to dunk on the Germans. The Germans are like, let's sit down and figure out who wrote the Bible. And I'm like, we already did this. Okay, we're yeah. past it. That's like yeah. sitting down and being like, let's figure out whether Christ has two natures. It's like he does. Okay, yeah. we moved let's on. Let's figure out if it's an angel or gravity that controls the sun. We already know. <laughs> we already know. Okay. All right. All right. Is this Dr. Ethan Dating Corner from? This Dr. Ethan Dating Corner is from someone who wants to be anonymous. She said, online dating specifically from a distance. What do I do? How do I not make it weird? <laughs> Can okay. you imagine online dating where you live like next door to him? That'd be really funny. Be yeah, funny. specifically from a distance. I guess that's kind of a part of it. Yeah. I'm taking. I'm talking to this really nice Catholic guy online. Oh. I'd like us to date, but he lives in a different country, and I have no oh. idea how to make it work and oh, not be different. weird. I'm not the most romantic with a capital R person nor have experience with dating slash flirting. Uh, any help is appreciated. I also have no idea how to explain to my family how long distance dating would work. So what I'm do you I'm not very have? romantic. I don't read a lot of uh, Bronte and uh, Lord Byron novels. I don't know if that was the... I think that's Victorian. What's romantic? What's the romantic period? Uh, Oscar Wilde? Romantic. I don't know. Hold on. Literature. Freaking... Uh, no, give me a, give me an author. Come on, I need a bit. I need a joke. I'm not here to learn. One of my favorite jokes was when I was in an elevator with a guy, and he said, "I like this. It's kind of a fusion of like the industrial age Victorian." And I was like, "Those are the same times." Mary Shelley is who Mary I Mary Shelley. Of. Yeah, dang it, Keats, Keats, John Keats, Keats, Keats. Um, I think it depends. I I really. Every time you get a doctor, you then date corner. I'm like, please, more information. Because it's so different. It's like, oh, I'm in Liechtenstein and he's in Belgium. As opposed to like, I live in Japan and he lives in Portugal. Like those are okay. so different things. <laughs> yeah. Liechtenstein. <laughs> um, you know, like I live in, I live in Taiwan. He lives in China. Uh, oops. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> John Cena has some words for you. <laughs> I guess. What was that? So he, think, he said he was in Taiwan and he was like, I'm happy to be in your country. And then everyone freaked out. Yeah. Yeah. And then he apologized in Mandarin on his Instagram. Oh my gosh. I love we it. We all know where the money's coming from. <laughs> uh, the, so I think it's one, it's like, is your, is the country that the boy you love, is he, a, is he a member of the EU? And you, are you also a member of the EU? Cause if that's true, there's no problem. Like you can just, just take a train. You'll be there. Are in two you a member of the EU? Slash, is there a channel connecting? Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. I mean, we all we all have to be aware of Brexit. Maybe. I mean, even like the England to Ireland. Uh-huh. You know, it's that's doable. That's doable. I love the idea. Can we talk about the channel real quick? It's the I tunnel love that the goes channel. underneath the English Channel. Can you yep. imagine going back in time? And yep. telling King Henry V, hey, yes. hey, in about like in about like six hundred, seven hundred years, you know that voyage you just made. There's literally going to be a tunnel where people drive incredibly fast through it. Yes, he'd be like, "That's ridiculous." 
Yeah, he would be like drive so easy. Drive their donkeys <laughs> quickly, like quickly. Yeah, yeah. Imagine five hundred horsepower going straight across the water. <laughs> uh, I love the channel. The channel. Talk about things that were built near France that actually have some purpose. The EU would not exist if it wasn't for America. Can we talk about that? <laughs> That's a that's a whole other podcast for a different day. I don't know. I don't know anything about European politics. If the world anymore. didn't get as big as it did, yeah, Europe would still be just you know cutting each other's heads off. They'd be going nuts over there if it wasn't for the New World. Like if we didn't realize there was a whole other world out there besides just the eight countries in Europe or however many it is. Man, our poor European listeners. I'm sorry, guys. I'm not. A, I don't. I'm not sorry at all. So to answer this question, if you're in the <laughs> if you're in the EU. Doesn't matter, right? It's basically you're all in one country. So if I'm you're not in NATO, yeah. Let me answer the question. I'm gonna jump to the screen and punch you in the head. If it's <laughs> <laughs> if it's something even different, like you could be adjacent. Canada and the United States even poses some issues unless you live like in North Maine and he lives in South Ontario. You know, like that. You could work that out then. Yeah, that's just a quick you know passport back and forth, easy. Um, but if it's anything other than that, and it's legitimately like it would take over 24 hours of travel time, you know, to get to each other or just like a significant financial thing, it's probably you probably shouldn't date this person because God yeah. said, God said, I'm going to put them on two different sides of the planet <laughs> and they're not going to meet. Right. Sorry. Yeah. It, yeah. Sorry. You know, on the flip. If you really like them, move to where they live. Yeah. I think those are really your only two. You cannot, there's no uh, middle way, unfortunately. Let's say, what if they What if they are in close countries, though? How, if do, they you are make, in how close, do you make long if, distance If you are in close countries, basically dating as you would if you were in different states in, in America. You see each other as often as you can, and you're always trying to move close to one another. And if you're not willing to do that, then don't do it. But it, when you're like super far away, and you can't see each other that often. It's like you get maybe one or two visits and then you got to decide, am I moving here? Am I not moving here? Yeah. I'll tell a story about Gerald, our catechist at the university of Tulsa. He was from England, met his wife on a chat room. Uh, she lived in Oklahoma Their One of their first dates was to uh, the tiger King thing before it was famous. <laughs> this is like 15 years ago. In hilarious. Oklahoma. That's right. That's hilarious. Yes. Yeah. They just, he just said, let's go down to Winniewood and let's check out this thing. Cause I saw it online, but he met her online in a chat room visited her like once or twice i think and they talked on the phone all the time and then he just said well i'm moving to america and then just moved to america like now he lives in america wild yes and just made that commitment right i don't know how long they courted or talked or whatever i don't know all the details but i know that at some point he was just like i this can't she's not gonna move here mm-hmm. i gotta move there yeah makes sense and so i know your lady might be a bit more challenging for you if your man's not willing to move to Liechtenstein. <laughs> um drop him is that a country it's not a real country. it is it is a country. Not a country. Not a it country. is is it in the eu it's in the eu i never heard of it all right how many lichtensteinian listeners go to facebook.com slash group slash crunch the crunch cast do you have any uh, other tip. tips on this anything else to, to oh provide? um no you pretty much got it it's like long distances long distance is dating and and with the understanding that you need to not date long distance as soon as possible right and it's like so she's she also wanted to know about how to flirt online oh winky faces yeah just you know 
but just don't get too crazy with that because it can get really weird really fast. Yeah. Yeah. Was online dating a mistake? (laughs) Uh, Can we say that in a segment sponsored by Catholic Men? No. (laughs) Online dating is great, and it's a very normal alternative to traditional in-person dating. Sorry, I I got to say next Patrick (laughs) just had this roller coaster tycoon moment where he just saw little people walking around with the negative dollar signs floating above their head. And we're just like losing all this money from people walking out of the park because I just questioned the validity of online dating. No, um, uh, online dating is a realistic alternative Patrick's to traditional from a, from a person blank, dating. <laughs> a blank sticky notepad. But you know, the stigma's gone. There's no stigma about no, online no dating stigma. anymore. I don't, I don't care about the stigma. I just care about, is it, is it going to actually facilitate healthy, holy relationships? And yeah. if the answer is yes, gun for it. Just go to CatholicMatch.com and look at all the success stories on CatholicMatch. I know. All you dot com or at Catholic account. Match on Instagram. Sign up for your free account, CatholicMatch.com slash crunch. Please keep sponsoring us. It's okay. They signed a six month deal. We're good. Ah, We're good for at least in. the next It's six like month. tenure. Uh, yeah. And by signed, I mean they sent me an email. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Emails are legally binding in a court of law. In they the court be. of heaven. Unless they, you're yeah. Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, man. I didn't right. realize we were reaching all the way back to 2016 for our jokes. Hold on. Let me pull up Listen. another one. Let me pull up another one. Hey, I lost my rosary. Can I use your hands or whatever? I don't know. <laughs> Listen, Hillary Clinton should have gone to jail for that whole thing, but she didn't. It's crazy. Rich people don't go to jail. Rich people don't go to jail. And if they do, they commit suicide there. That was a Jeffrey Epstein joke, but it sounded really insensitive. It did. But but he also didn't kill himself. Which no, is he the definitely other thing. didn't. Right. I, yeah. What I think I think the greatest trick the devil ever, ever pulled was uh, creating convincing us that Jeffrey Epstein is dead when he's actually still alive and yeah, he's still on the island. <laughs> he's on the island. Has no, anybody he, checked the island? He, <laughs> oh, I I think I think he's definitely dead. But I think he was killed. Oh, well, I don't think he's. I think he it very well could be a body double. Right. Like. You pay off enough people, you got billions of dollars. Yeah. It'd be like that scene in Iron Man 3 where he stumbles out of the room and it's the Mandarin just laying there. And he's like, what? What's going on? It's like, but it's Jeffrey Epstein. And you're like, oh my gosh, you're not who I thought you were. It's pretty much the same. You're an actor. Too. You pretty much don't have to, you don't have to change much either, do you? No, you really <laughs> From don't. From that situation, it's just yep. a bunch of uh, people who are way too young to be involved with you in that way. <laughs> yes. Did you did you watch the Prince Andrew interview about the, his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein? No, but you, I think someone told me about it. You I think have. I might have told you about it. I watched a little bit of it. It's the funniest thing. He's yeah. like, he's like, oh well, you know, um, I don't sweat. That's a weird problem. I, I don't sweat. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein couldn't have taken a picture with that woman because I don't think I, I've ever, uh, I've ever seen Jeffrey Epstein hold a camera in his life or something like that. It was like. What is happening? It's like, man, why did you do this interview, dude? You look, you look so nervous. <laughs> you look so dumb. All you had to do was just ride out the storm, and people would forget. But you All, chose every to time, say yes. Every time on Twitter, every time someone on Twitter who's like a rad tread who thinks he's 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 hot hot takes machine. Uh, every time he talks about how monarchy is a good idea, just show them that clip. That like, video, monarchy yeah. was a bad idea. Yes. So was democracy. Anyway. Right. We'll, <laughs> Just feeling like we need some kind of form of governance in and of itself pertains to original sin. No, that's that's uh, that's that's liberalism too. No, what I'm saying is, in order to govern, mm-hmm. right, you need to be able to distinguish between what is good and what is evil. Oh, I see. You know, and yeah. so that originally wasn't our job. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, 
you know and if it were our job if it did fall to us we'd be able to do it with perfect charity but we we goofed it up you mean needing governance is a product of original sin correct yes sorry yeah yes because the idea that the idea that if if uh there's that there's that thomas jefferson quote that's like if men were angels we would need no government yeah but the angels have a hierarchy so like that doesn't make any sense i know think about it yeah, tell that to the Milky Way angel. <laughs> the angels like, how dare you? Okay, Thomas Jefferson. All my little, all my little galaxy angels that are just, you know, they come to our weekly, our weekly business meeting mm-hmm. <laughs> about how we gonna spin the, how we gonna spin the plans this time, guys. Oh, same as we've always done. Cool. Got it. <laughs> uh, Facebook.com slash groups Any slash the Crunchcast. <laughs> Facebook.com slash groups slash the Crunchcast. Uh, Patreon.com slash the Crunch. Biblecast episode four coming out. This week, maybe, hopefully. You got to get it done. I know. It's been, it's a busy season for both of us. Patrick's it's... youth ministry just started. I'm, I'm trying to be an organized man. It's not going well. Boy, do I have some books for you. I know. Cal Newport. Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? Watch out for those asteroid angels. They'll get you. I love that the implication that it's an angel wiped out the dinosaurs because he was having a bad day. <laughs> he was like sitting there like, God, God, can I do it? Can I do it? Let and God's do it. like, fine. They're He's like, yeah. They're just a bunch of lizards. They won't even know. And all the, all the, all the guardians, all the dinosaur guardian angels are like, what? Oh, Larry, he's doing it. He's always said he was going to do it. Do dinosaurs get guardian angels? Answer, no. Of course. The dinosaurs have rational souls. I thought we covered this. Haven't you seen a land before time? <laughs> what I'm saying is all the other planets, angels are watching the asteroid angel come to destroy the dinosaur. They're like, yo, go. <laughs> <laughs> this is back before they were humans. And so like there wasn't original sin yet. Yeah. And so all the angels are like just passing the time, wiping out species. <laughs> just, just going nuts, you know, making gas for us a couple million years later. You know. Yeah, appreciate that, guys. Yeah. Shout out for nitrogen. God's like, I'm going to create all these animals, and then in sixty in sixty five million years, they're going to turn it into into gas. <laughs> yeah. What's that line? Angels can fly because they don't take themselves too seriously. Angels can fly because they created fossil fuels before we did. <laughs> Angels can fly because they figured out they figured out Nikola Tesla's uh, formula for infinite energy before we did. That's why. Yes. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you. We'll see you all next week. This is a farce. We live in a clown world. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.